This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Good morning, I'm Jim Lang, and welcome to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Well, if you're a fan of hockey, then stay tuned. as none other than Paul Henderson, best known as leading Team Canada to victory in the 1972 Summit Series by scoring the goal, joins us today. Paul has been both an ambassador and has long been committed to the empowerment of lymphoma patients in partnership with Lymphoma Canada. And in 2021, this member of the Canadian Sports Hall of Fame and the Order of Canada and many other honours was appointed as one of Lymphoma Canada's honorary governors. Today, Paul joins us to talk about his own journey. As in 2009, he was diagnosed with lymph leukemia, CLL, a form of blood cancer that affects the bone marrow and white blood cells and every year affects over 2,200 Canadians. And of course, we'll also talk about the goal with Paul as Ponies 24-7, where it gets ready for its second ever online silent auction next month from January 15th to the 31st on the Lymphoma Canada website. Also, friend of the show, Gulfstream Park racing handicapper Brian Nadeau will join us again today. And the South Florida track will host an 11 race car today, including some big stakes races, both on the grass, including the H. Allen Jerkins handicap, which will be raced at a grueling two miles and currently boasts a large field of 14 horses. Gulfstream will shortly be opening their championship meet on December the 26th with races like the $3 million Pegasus World Cup January 28th, the $400,000 Fountain of Youth Stakes on March 4th, and culminating with Florida's biggest day of racing, April 1st, featuring the $1 million Curl in Florida Derby. Shortly, we'll welcome Brian back to the show, talk about today's Gulfstream card, and also take a quick look at some of these upcoming championship meet races on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. In addition, well, the Woodbine Thoroughbred meet came to a close last weekend, and although Woodbine Mohawk Park still has a few days of racing left in 2022, Woodbine Entertainment issued a press release this week that the total all-sources wagering handle recently surpassed $1 billion for the first time in history. That just concluded Woodbine Thoroughbred Meat generated $621 million in all sources handle, while the Standard Bread Meat pulled in $424 million with a few cards remaining. Both totals were records for each track. And here to talk more about these impressive numbers, as well as some other Woodbine racing news, is friend of the show, Chris Lohman, Woodbine senior writer and managing editor, who will talk about some of these numbers, as well as recap both the Woodbine and Woodbine Mohawk Hark race meets this past year. And they were really big. Finally, while he's back host, Larry Simpson will once again try Trying to sniff out some potential betting gems at Woodbine Mohawk Park and some other North American tracks that are racing today with our Ponies Picks Today, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. It's going to be a great show. So you better get your HPI and Dark Horse accounts ready to go for some heavy-duty action today. We we come back. My co-host Larry Simpson will be joining us as we catch up on some recent horse racing news. This is Ponies 24-7. The Radio Magazine. Ponies 24-7. The Radio Magazine. Brought to you by Woodbine. Woodbine Mohawk Park. Ontario Racing. And Rocket Ship Racing. More from the track when we come back on 105.9 The Region. Go from Dark Horse to Winner. Dark Horse is Woodbine's new easy-to-use betting app that brings the thrill of the track right to you. Its AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate. Feel the excitement of live-streamed horse races wherever you go. Get $30 to start betting when you sign up today using promo code GET30. Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com. Available on Android and Apple devices. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA provides members and their hardworking employees with medical insurance, pensions, benevolence, negotiations with racetracks, and government. 
government and provides vital industry information to the horse people. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Well, the year-end edition, because we're taking a little break for the holidays. I'm Jim Lang, and let me introduce to you my co-host, Mr. Larry Simpson. Ho, ho, ho. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's the holiday season. Uh, before we get to some stuff that could be perfect for the holidays with the online silent auction to support Lymphoma Canada, friend of the show, James McDonald, had an eight-win night the other night. Eight wins! Yeah, and I think he, he had <laughs> ten drives. I don't know what he was doing for the other two, like Maybe. slacking off, yeah, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, what's going on, James? Like, yeah, come eight, on. Come on. <laughs> like, <laughs> eight wins. I mean, no, it was incredible. Yeah. I mean, because when I think about the, the standard bread year that was, Yeah, the two stories are Bulldog Hanover and James McDonald. Yeah. How many times have we spoken about both of them, right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and I picked up the paper the next day and saw that he'd won, you know. Eight times. Eight times. And, uh, you know, I thought, geez, you know, he can thank that he was on our show. We've changed his luck this year, you know. When we have spoken to him, he has approached the sport of standard bread racing like an elite athlete approaches their respective sport, preparation, video, how he eats, his mindset going into what he, I mean, that, and look at the results. Let's face it, uh, we, we, we had Bobby McClure on too. It's the same way. Like they are athletes. They don't and, just and, hop and, on yeah, the and, cart and, and go. And it's the same as with your jockeys yep. as well. They, they, they work out to stay in shape and then, and to stay sharp. And, you know, they work horses out in the morning and, and the standard guys, they qualify horses in the mornings, you know, so. They, they, the key is staying sharp because it's very competitive business. Now, now it's the holiday time. We're looking ahead. Gift, gifts are always a good idea. But when you can help Lymphoma Canada, Larry, I mean, what better than their online silent auction to support, <laughs> to support Lymphoma Canada going on Jan 15th to the 31st? Yeah, this is, will be our second one. Our, our first one was last January. Uh, well, this past January, I should say. And uh, Seems a long was, time ago. It does, yeah. And uh, almost a year. Yeah, uh, it, it was uh, it was uh, pretty successful. Uh, we raised a few dollars, and we got the uh, basically the word out there about Lymphoma Canada and the good work that they're doing in research and that. And yeah, we've got some good stuff uh, consigned for this year's uh, auction. Anything you can tease? Ah, uh, there's some nice autographed uh, hockey photos. I like it. I like it. And. Uh, and we still, we have uh, some uh, Ron Waples driving suit oh. and we have some, uh, oh, uh, we have a nice bag of uh, goodies, a nice goodie bag. I like goodie uh, bags. From HBBA of Ontario. And, Hello, uh, Sue Leslie. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Sue Leslie. And yeah, we've got a lot of nice stuff and it's still coming in. So, um, you know, um, hope that uh, everybody will... 
you know, take a look. We'll be posting the pictures of all the items on the Lymphoma Canada's uh, website uh, between Christmas and New Year's. Oh, perfect. Okay, good. And people can kind of uh, browse, and uh, the actual auction itself is going to start on January the 15th, which is a Sunday, so Mm -hmm. you can browse at your leisure, and it goes right until the end of the month, January 31st. Well, if you're a hockey fan, the two-word Summit Series are mentioned. You automatically think of our first guest, none other than Mr. Summit Series himself, Paul Henderson. And Paul won't be talking about hockey all the time. Instead, he's going to be talking a little hockey, but more importantly, talking about Lymphoma Canada, as he's the honorary governor for Lymphoma Canada. A topic will be lymphoma, and particularly the Ponies 24-7 online silent auction in January. Paul, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Well, good to be here. Good to be anywhere when you got cancer. <laughs> yeah. See, before we get to the hockey, let's talk about your journey. You have always been a very active, healthy person. In 09, you get diagnosed. What is happens after the diagnosis from your doctor? Well, it's a blow in the stomach. I mean, I was feeling well. I've always uh, worked out uh, in the same way as when I played hockey in the NHL. So it was just a big uh, a, a big punch in the stomach, and uh, and I was diagnosed with uh, uh, leukemia and lymphoma. Good news is that we decided that we were not going to let this cancer define who I was. We were going to we got today. We're going to enjoy it, but we did want to educate ourselves, and so we spent hours and hours trying to educate ourselves about cancer because there was no cancer in my family at all. And so uh, that went on for months and months. On the uh, went to conferences and everything like that, and met a lot of great doctors. And finally, got into a clinical study down in the uh, uh, United States, Maryland, the Bethesda Maryland National Institutes of Health. Mm-hmm. And that uh, I saved my life. Uh, and I was in that till uh, about three years ago, until the COVID. Actually, good timing. The COVID hit. And I couldn't go down there anymore, obviously. And uh, so I'm on over at Juravinsky now. I'm on a medicine that seems to be doing half decent. So uh, I still have cancer. Uh, but I take it one day at a time. And at this point, it's sort of holding things at bay, which is really good news for me. <laughs> well, you and, and I have kind of taken the same path, uh, Paul, that, uh, you know, got diagnosed. And, and now we're doing some work with... Uh, uh, Lymphoma Canada. Talk about how you got involved with Lymphoma Canada and exactly what your role is with them. You started out as a brand ambassador, I know, and I know you're still doing some some of that, uh, but uh, t- talk about what you're doing with them. Well, they phoned me and asked me to help out, and obviously <laughs> when you have cancer, you're looking for people to, uh, you're looking for research. I mean, obviously sure. we'd love to try to find a cure. And so it didn't take me more than five seconds to say, yeah, I want to be involved. And so I uh, went up to the golf, corners, uh, the golf tournament and, uh, uh, and uh, we'll continue to do things. So whatever they ask me to do, uh, I, I will probably do it. And it's in terms of obviously raising money for research. And uh, that'll be the only way that we find a, a cure if we keep doing that. And, uh, and I think educating other people too. And I, I talk to a lot of people that, and I tell them all the time, cancer is not a death sentence. In fact, that's when I was getting my first biopsy to go in. I got on the table. They had to obviously put me out. And the doctor said to me, Paul, 
Uh, cancer doesn't necessarily mean it's a death sentence. And, and, you know, sometimes you just need something to grab onto. And I come home and told Eleanor what the guy said to me, my wife. And uh, it turned out not to be to this point. Uh, I'm going to turn 80 in January, so uh, I was 66 when I was uh, diagnosed. So very, very fortunate. And so that's what I'm trying to help other people be fortunate also when you get lymphoma. You know, Paul, life does work in mysterious ways. And for years, so many people knew you from your hockey career, the Summit Series, the goal. And now you're a person raising awareness for lymphoma. And it's amazing that to me, I've seen you in different sports settings that um, you're able to use your platform from hockey greatness to spread the message of the importance of raising awareness and money for lymphoma and doing good. It's it's interesting how the two have come together. Well, it sure has, you know, and I'm so blessed. I mean, I can't, I often tell my wife, like, I can't think anybody in, in the world more fortunate than I am. And because uh, I live in Canada, we live in the greatest country in the world. And I got a great family, and I've got some great kids and grandkids, and now great grandkids. And so, but I think when you when you have a grateful attitude, you get up in the morning and you're so thankful for what you have, not what you don't have, or what might be going on. And uh, the, 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 when you try to just help be a blessing to somebody else, uh, you always feel better about yourself. I phoned two people this morning; it's their birthday. And I sing happy birthday to them. Now, I'm the worst singer in the world. (laughs) But it's just everybody needs a word of encouragement every once in a while. And I I think that's one of my gifts. I love encouraging people, and I love exhorting people, too. And just, you know, get in the game, and let's do the best we can. So I have to ask you, Paul, when you're out as a brand ambassador, you know, for Lymphoma Canada, and and you're you're doing, you know, some, some fundraising work in that, how many times do you get asked about the goal at the Summit Series? <laughs> <laughs> well, if it's the first time that I've talked to a Canadian, I have to hear where they were, what they were doing, and how they felt. <laughs> and uh, it, and I still get new stories. It, it is absolutely unbelievable. And uh, the, the really neat thing is that there was a couple of books uh, uh, published, and one of my friends wrote one, uh, Sean uh, Paul Pascu and Paul uh, uh, Sean Mitten, and there was 10, they had 10 people there that were in Moscow with us in 72. And I was able to tell them, folks, without you being in the stands and cheering us on, we'd have never won it. And uh, so I learned a lot of lessons from that, that, I mean, those 3,000 Canadians fans just chewed their rear ends off and allowed us to persevere. And so, and I just learned that being a cheerleader is uh, really, really fortunate. I brought one of my replica setter, uh, sweaters to the Eaton Food Bank uh, banquet two weeks ago, and I got $1,500 hmm. a signed Paul Henderson jersey. And so, you know, you come home and you feel pretty good about doing it. So I help many charities and feel good about doing it. You know what I'm always fascinated about that team, Paul, is such diverse human beings, Ken Dryden, Phil Esposito, yourself, all the teammates, and there's that lifelong brotherhood of what you did that, that to me, stands to this day. Well, we hated each other when we went in, but we came out of it just really respecting one another. And I think for, you know, like we had 12 Hall of Famers on that team. And when I went there, I just I wanted to prove to myself that I could play at this level and do well. And and uh, even though I didn't like them to start with, uh, uh, but it, you know, in life, you, you know, you go and I never once thought about scoring a winning goal. 
I went out there and, and just tried to do my very best. And basically, our line, Clark Ellis and I were a shutdown line. And, and then, uh, obviously, I got a little lucky and started scoring goals, too. So, uh, again, once once again, you know, if you're not thinking of yourself so much and you're thinking of others, usually it's a lot better for you. Mm-hmm. What's the, the biggest difference in the game today, Paul, uh, from when you played? Is it the speed of the game or is it the uh, the quality of the players? What What is it? It's everything. Is it? <laughs> they're bigger, they're faster, they're far more skilled. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I watch <laughs> and shoot the puck, I mean, goodness, I had I had one of the better shots in the league. I could square the puck. And when you look at Matthews <laughs> and a lot of other people, and what they do with the puck, it's like it's magic. And Marner, I mean, well, you almost think you're looking at Gretzky out there a lot of times. And so, and the physical conditioning, I mean, it's, and what changed that, the Russians changed hockey. And the Europeans, when I come home from Team Canada, uh, Boria Selding and uh, Ingi Hammerstern was at our training camp. And their physical conditioning was unbelievable, what they did off the ice. And so nowadays, every one of them has got personal trainers. We'd go to training camp, and lots of guys would come 20 pounds overweight. And we'd play <laughs> so many exhibition games, you'd get in shape. And the owners did it because making money. And, of course, we would get in shape. But now if you go, if you go to camp and you're not in shape, you, you don't, you've got no chance of staying with the team. You had mentioned earlier, Paul, that you weren't the same weight as you did when you played in, in the NHL and the WHA. It, how much of being in shape, staying active, staying healthy has helped you survive cancer? Well, there's no question about it. It's just, uh, and they've told me that also. And and the good news is my wife, uh, she really got us eating well, oh, probably 25 years ago. And we're very careful with uh, sugar. Uh, we try to stay away from that. We eat a lot of fruit and vegetables and everything like that and just try to, uh, you know, eat well and, uh, of course, educate yourself. And But, uh, well, I was just, uh, I was almost going to go for a walk. I try to walk an hour a day. Uh, if, I, not, if I'm not working out downstairs. And, uh, and I almost was putting my... my uh, outfit on to go and I, oh I got that <laughs> I got sorry that Paul <laughs> so, so I, I had six concussions okay in my career and now I got cancer so I got an excuse for everything <laughs> <laughs> Larry yeah let's let's talk about our uh, don't horse around with lymphoma online silent auction uh, next month uh, Paul uh, how important is this initiative, do you think, to uh, raising awareness and, and, and raising some money for research? Well, it's just like I said before, it's very important. And I think if everybody just does a little bit, you know, and everybody's got causes that you want to get involved in. And obviously with my profile that uh, I've been able to do a lot for a whole lot of different uh, charities. But I think if we just... You know, if people just get one, maybe it's giving it Christmas time for their kids' toys and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, and we were on mind ourselves. You know how fortunate we are to live in the best country in the world? Mm-hmm. And so when you turn around and take a look at it that way, it just puts everything in perspective. And you, not that you have to do all that much, but if you've got to do something. If you could just do something, if everybody in the company just do something, well, what a difference of that would make. You know, and uh, I mean, we got a lot of problems out there, but I, I tell you what, I got a 
thousand questions and no answers. <laughs> but I do know that I can, and so I do know where I can help, and that's what I try to do. Paul, and I just did a tape for the, for the workers, the Trillium Partners, to encourage them, all the people that are just, you know, have done so much behind the scenes. I mean, these people, they should be heroes. Well, they are heroes. Mm-hmm. And we want to let them know, too. Amen to that, Paul. I mean, someone may debate whether or not you're a Hall of Fame player. Nobody can debate that you're a Hall of Fame person. Paul, thank you so much for doing this. Nothing but the holiday blessings to you and your family and a continued good health in the future. Well, good. Then you have a Merry Christmas. Amen to that. Merry you Christmas too. to you, Paul. Um, it, it never ceases to amaze me. Brian, he's, he's so humble about everything in life. That's, I mean, it, how can you not be inspired by it? Yeah, exactly. And, and as I said, Larry's just it, like it's that. just yeah, he he just is. And and uh, you know, I I met, I met him at at the golf tournament this past summer and walked over, introduced myself, and you know, we've basically set up a conversation and we've communicated ever since. And you know, we got him on the show today to kind of help push our uh, silent auction. He's a, he's a great guy. Uh, Larry, before we we get to Brian and we have to take a break in a second, just think about over the years how many people Larry have come up to him. Mm-hmm. And said, I was here when, and he has time for people. Mm-hmm. Maybe they were new to Canada. Maybe they were with a family member. They, It means so much to them what that memory of that goal is. And he always makes sure he takes the time to spend with them. Mm-hmm. And, and everybody remembers. I remember where I was. You probably remember where you were, too. I, I'm not old enough to actually remember. The, the, <laughs> I, I remember the highlights. I'm sorry, I don't. I uh, I don't remember the games or the goals. I was too young, but yeah. uh, I you know, I know of it and everything like that. I know Scott Morrison just wrote a tremendous book about it. But the legacy of the goal, the legacy of the mm-hmm. series, and people today can't. It's hard to imagine the big bad Russians. I mean, this was the USSR, so mysterious yeah. and little Canada, and how big it was. So to see yeah. Paul doing that, and to see what he's doing for the. Uh, don't horse around with lymphoma, 20 ponies, 24-7, silent auction. It's just amazing. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, he is a one-of-a-kind. In Canada, we're lucky to have him. When we come back, friend of the show, Gulf Streams, Brian Nadeau will join us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Follow us on Twitter at 105.9 The Region. We'll be right back. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. COSA, the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, proudly serving Ontario horse people. COSA, helping to ensure and support a collaborative and vibrant harness racing industry based on integrity and accountability. For more information, please visit the COSA website at COSAonline.com or call 905-854-2672. Ontario Racing, the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing at 15 racetracks. We are the voice of the Ontario horse racing industry, and we direct breed improvement programs, set annual race dates, and work on attracting new horse owners and race fans. Ontario Racing is committed to supporting a vibrant industry with one vision, working together for a stronger horse racing community. To get your horsepower, go to OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing, three breeds, one vision. This is 105.9 The Region. 
Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Well, it's been a while since friend of the show, Gulfstream Park handicapper Brian Nadeau joined us. But he's back today with beautiful weather in Florida. And who better to talk about the current thoroughbred race meet in sunny Florida than Brian himself. Brian, welcome back to the show. Hey, guys. Always a pleasure to be on with you. I appreciate you having me. And, uh, yeah, like we were talking off the air, I can't complain down here. Another a little overcast, but all things considered, about 82 degrees and uh, looking pretty good. Well, and, you know, Larry and I spoke to a lot of trainers and jockeys over the last few weeks, and it seems to us, and we got the impression there's a lot of talent that's down in Gulfstream, down in Florida for this winter meet. Yeah, there's there's no doubt about it. We've got some new barns. Obviously, the return of turf racing um, is huge and, and uh, back and better than ever. And, uh, you know, the gang's all here, kind of a feel to it, some new faces as well, and some guys uh, from up your neck of the woods uh, always too. So, yeah, every, everyone kind of converges down here over the winter. Talk about the turf racing, Brian. You were The turf course was basically shut down, right? And And you just basically got back at it uh, the last few days. Why did they shut it down, and, and how is it uh, performing? They just needed some time with it, basically, and, and uh, to kind of get the draining down down pat, so to speak. And so we were off of it um, over the summer, basically, into the early fall, and on December 1st, we cranked it back up again. And, uh, you know, the reviews have been very, very positive. And obviously, when you have turf racing, big, deep, competitive fields. It just helps everybody across the board. The handle is huge. The payouts are huge. The pools are huge. So uh, it's a real, real blessing that we've been able to get back on it, and it's been so well-received. Larry was mentioning earlier about a date change for the championship meet to December 26th, our, our Boxing Day. Why the date change? So what we did was we did go back to five days on the on the December, well, December 1st was Thursday. So the following week, we went back to five days, and then we're going to cram in. Uh, we took one month, essentially, about three weeks of racing off the championship meet. It's going to open on the 26th, which is, you know, the same date as always that our sister track, Santa Anita, opened Boxing Day out there in California. They've always opened on the 26th, so we're going to have a big card to coincide with them. And, you know, our purses are a lot bigger here now during the championship meet. And uh, we're going to have, obviously, some huge stake Saturdays, you know, highlighted by the January 28th Pegasus. We've got the Fountain Youth in early March and, of course, culminating with the Grade 1 Florida Derby on April 1st. Obviously, Fountain of Youth and Florida Derby are two of your prime uh, Kentucky Derby preps. And the Pegasus is its probably the winter classic. Uh, what makes these races so important? Well, you know, guys, the Pegasus has really morphed into not only a, a huge day of racing, obviously highlighted by the Pegasus, and you know the horses that have won it, you know, your Arrogates and your gun runners and horses of the year, Nick's go and life is good last year, but it's also morphed into an event, you know, and they really want to, turn it into like a, a, a almost a south beach you know kind of miami kind of grand day with the acts that they have here the red carpet the celebrities so the pegasus has really kind of taken on a life in and of itself here uh, at gulfstream park on the 28th of january and it's been so so well received and you know then you mentioned the fountain youth with you know I, I believe eight stakes races, Florida, eight graded stakes races, 
Florida Derby Day has nine of them, six of them graded. So these are just powerhouse, you know, events, days where the pools are just astronomical. The handle is huge. And as you kind of alluded to, you know, these are key, key preps for the Kentucky Derby as well. You you think of an always dreaming that went on from the Florida Derby to win the Kentucky Derby and, you know, the rich history of the Florida Derby. So, you know, it's exciting times here, guys, uh, obviously with the return of turf racing. And you just see it now on a day-in, day-out basis. I know technically, as, as you mentioned, the championship meet I talked about does start on December 26th, but I know you guys are looking at the races down here. For all intents and purposes, this is the championship meet right now. You know, Brian, it, it's amazing to me the way horse racing has come back post-pandemic. And I look at Gulfstream, it's a historic, great track, great weather. But the handle, how much is that is the quality of the horses and jockeys? And how much is that? Is there just such an appetite for thoroughbred racing in South Florida? Yeah, there's no doubt about it. It's the perfect kind of blend of, of all of that. You know, you mentioned the appetite for, for racing and the turf racing, the big fields. And, you know, you look at the jockeys on a day-in and day-out basis and the trainers, and you got the Ortiz brothers, you know, John Velasquez has been popping in a little bit, uh, Tyler Gaffalione, all these guys that everyone thinks of, you know, uh, Luis Saez, of course. And people like to bet big names and, and big, or and, you know, the familiarity with all of that. And we have that now. So, you know, we're just really excited. We've waited a long time for not only turf racing, but obviously the return of these connections and the championship meet, you know, top touchers back and you see Bill Mott bopping around the, the walking ring and, and running Judd Mott horses and, and those kinds of horses. And now you just get to see that on a day in day out basis. And I think people really respond to that. Speaking of turf races, you got uh, a couple of turf races today, including the uh, the Jerkins handicap at two miles. Like that's that's, that's a long that's, way. That's a long way. And you know, I, I was I was looking at the uh, the racing form for today, and and the number one horse, please call me back, is an interesting story, right? Because he was trained by Roger Atfield up here in Canada, and actually performed quite well at Woodbine. And then beginning of this year, he was racing hurdles right now he's back on the flat again like you know you don't see too many stories like that you know you mentioned roger atfield and and, uh i always think of roger atfield as kind of the canadian version of jonathan shepherd you know hall of famer brilliant brilliant racing mind and horseman and turf trainer and long distance and and the trainer here carrie brian was a former assistant to Jonathan Shepard. And so obviously this horse has been running over hurdles, but you see this a lot in the, in the steeplechase kind of game and arena, so to speak, and that they'll run, they'll pick some spots like this with these long distance horses, because obviously they run a lot longer over hurdles. So you get a horse like this coming down on Saturday and trying to, you know, swoop a, a big number here for the Jerkins, a hundred grand, two miles right within this horse's wheelhouse. And then you add in the flat form that he had up there with you guys for Roger Atfield. I think, you know, this horse is a contender. She's actually got a couple of them in here and uh, they both kind of fit that profile. Both were running long distance and probably are going to be good, good hurdle horses in the future. Well, how do you handicap a two-mile race as opposed to a regular mile or a mile and a quarter? 
very yeah, carefully. Completely. <laughs> I mean, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. Because you're just not going to get a lot of horses that have, have run at this trip. So you've got to look at pedigree. I do think jockeys are important. And you need to look at the flow and pace of the race. But you, you said it. It, it. It's really, it's a difficult thing because not only, you got to think about it. It's like the Belmont Stakes, you know, a mile and a half. So not only are the horses not really familiar with it, don't forget the jockeys really aren't either. And, and you need a real, real tactician behind the wheels. Uh, this is not something they're accustomed to going two miles around the turf course. And, you know, you've got to save horse for the end. So you need a, you need a combination of everything to get that trip and see it out. I've watched you on your broadcasts, uh, Brian, and, and, you tend to be a bit of an angles handicapper, right? You, certain angles that, that you like to use in that. Is there a couple of go-to handicapping angles that you, you use? I don't necessarily know if it's angles, but more um, kind of styles. You know, we have tapita racing now. Uh, you're not going to win closing on the tapita sprinting, so you need to look, know what to look for. Turf sprints are much the same. You better be close early. Um, you know, routing, now that we're back routing on the turf as well, you see these mile, you see these seven and a half furlong races. I always gravitate to inside posts because outside draws at that trip are just absolutely brutal. You get held out in the parking lot there and you just, you just, you lose so much ground into that quick run for the first turn. You know, the main track here can be very speedy. So you want to be up close. You look for speed types. And I just kind of try to follow my way along those types of, uh, angles you know the short stretch two-turn finish line you better not be too far out of it turning for home and you just kind of think of things like that another club to maybe toss into your handicapping bag what are you looking forward to the most in 2023 brian to me guys it's always fun to see the horses develop and i mean the two-year-olds turn three and start down that path you know the precociousness of the summer and early fall where now you know you've got to put it all together you've got to show you've matured and I love our series, too. We start with the Holy Bull in January, early February. Then we go to the Fountain Youth, and you get to see some of these horses and how are they going to progress as the days and the months go on. Brian, as always, a pleasure. All the best for the holidays, and we'll talk to you in 2023. Guys, I look forward to it anytime you need me. Anytime. Thank you very much. Larry, it's it's fascinating to me. Like We're not even done the calendar year. And in the horse racing thoroughbred industry, there's so many people – long-term looking at these potential three-year-olds and what's going to happen leading into the Derby. Well, that's it. It it, it always comes down to the Kentucky Derby, right? And, yeah. And, you know, we spent show after show after show this year talking about, you know, this is a Derby prep and this is a Derby prep and this is a Derby prep. Well, technically the Derby preps have started already. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, they, they've they've actually started the last couple of months uh, in, in 2022. And the planning for it. And the planning. Um, well, you've already got horses that have got a few points for the Kentucky Derby coming up uh, in uh, the first Saturday in May, right? So, but the planning, you know, like, that planning probably starts when, when you buy that yearling and train it and get it to the races as a two-year-old and you, you, you pattern that, that schedule, you know, And almost back horse. time, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. You, so you look at that first Saturday in May and go back at specific mm-hmm. uh, key races as a tune-up to the Derby. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, the science behind it is absolutely yeah. fascinating. And, it, and the competition to get these horses to the elite level, it's just getting so hard to actually even get to the Derby. Well, because you got people from all over the world yeah. that are that are buying horses because they all want to win the Kentucky Derby. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Awesome. When we come back, we'll look at this. Woodbine senior writer, the dashing managing editor and friend of the show, Chris Lohman, will join us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Stay tuned. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Live in Ontario? Ever dreamt about owning a racehorse? you need to take Ontario Racing's Horse Ownership 101 Virtual Seminars. Join horse racing expert Elisa Blow and learn about standard bred and thoroughbred ownership opportunities in Ontario with options for every price point. These free sessions are available in a one-on-one setting or as a group. For a list of seminar dates and to book your ownership seminar, go to ontarioracing.com horse ownership today. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. COSA, the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, proudly serving Ontario horse people. COSA, helping to ensure and support a collaborative and vibrant harness racing industry based on integrity and accountability. For more information, please visit the COSA website at COSAonline.com or call 905-854-2672. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Friend of the show, Woodbine senior writer and managing editor and friend of the show. Friend to all, actually, in horse racing. Chris Loman joining us today with the Woodbine thoroughbred meet now completed until April at Woodbine Mohawk Park in the final days of 2022. Time to clean house and look back. A, a really, really impressive year. Chris, as always, thank you and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. I have to ask you, first off, though, is this since this is the last show, it's special. Was this a question of scraping the bottom of the barrel or saving the bets for last? Oh, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're on the same show as Paul Henderson. I mean, you're in some esteemed oh. group. Come on, Chris. Rarified air. I like it. Um, <laughs> Larry and I, we talked about uh, right off the show intro, uh, $1 billion handle at Woodbine Entertainment. Mm-hmm. I, with everything we've come out of the, the pandemic to see where Woodbine is now, I mean, it's, it's remarkable to us, Chris. It really is. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at it, and I've read it several times just to actually see it and and believe it. And you know, I think that's a, a you know a testament to a lot of things at, at Woodbine. Um, I think it's a testament to the people that work there. It's a testament to the horse people and the product itself. Uh, you know, we still have a, you know some dates left for Standard Red, so that number is going to rise even more. And you know, working at Woodbine, you you know that people will be very proud of that. I know Jim is extremely proud of that number, but knowing the people across the various departments of Woodbine, it's going to, the question will now turn to what can we do to make it even yeah. even better in 2023? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe Chris, for some of our new listeners, it, like it was a billion dollars of uh, all source handle at, you know, Woodbine and Woodbine's uh, Mohawk Park combined. Maybe you can explain to our listeners what exactly is all source handle? Yeah, well, really, it is just that all sources. So, uh, you know, betting on track, off track, anything that uh, Woodbine 
is associated with. Uh, so that could be people betting from the states, uh, from across Canada. So any of those platforms, HPI bet, people betting at the races, anything that's wagered on the Woodbine products, that's what it adds up to be. You know, I don't know what it is, Chris, and maybe it's because it's a byproduct of all the ads we're seeing all the time about all the betting services. But the the, the stigma of gambling, the stigma of betting on a horse, it's it's a cool thing now. It's a cool thing to put a few dollars on a horse, as opposed to maybe a few years ago, because you're seeing all your favorite sports and media celebrities promoting gambling. Yeah, and you see a younger crowd starting to come out. We have that at Woodbine. We have that Stella Artois Terrace now, and my son, who's 23, he brings out his friends for that. And you just see a real change in, to your point, that it's a very cool thing. It's a great place to be. It's an experience, you know, at both Mohawk and Woodbine. And it's really nice to see, to your point, that that stigma has seemed to have now become a bit of a dinosaur, that it is something that is fun. Um, you can just go and have a great time, not only, you know, see the best athletes in the world, equine and human, but you also have a variety of experiences to go. So there really is that something for everyone. But that was the whole purpose, Chris, of the Stella Artois Terrace, right? Absolutely. I think that, you know, it, the vantage point is just beautiful. Uh, and it just brings out like a different cross-section of fans. Uh, and, and you really do see that mix. I stood back the day that it opened, and you could see just it wasn't, you know, the so-called older crowd. Uh, there was young people there, uh, just a really nice mix, and I think that was purposeful uh, to have it uh, cater to that. Uh, but again, it's just nice to see when you go that there's all this new generation. The old generation is still there, but it's just everybody enjoying themselves, you know, for a day at the races. You know, Larry and I have our thoughts about what we felt with the highlights this past year, but we're always very interested in what your take on things is, Chris, because you have an interesting perspective. So when you look back at the Woodbine Entertainment Group, both tracks this past year, what stands out to you? I think what stands out to me, and it might not be a particular moment, um, and I'll start with the standard beds first, uh, but just the world-class, the way we're regarded, on the world stage, that we get the top horses, the top horsemen that come, and when the show is put on, it's first class. You saw that uh, Breeders' Crown, you see that NA Cup, um, and you see the excitement. Could be bad weather out, but people are there. So it really sticks out for me with the standard breads, and you know, to the same degree, the thoroughbreds, is that Woodbine isn't a, a secret. Woodbine is a world-class place and they know how to put on a show. And I'd say the same thing with the, the thoroughbreds. Um, just the way we're regarded. And the turf racing with two turf courses. Um, uh, you know, when I speak to trainers or jockeys, I don't even have to mention the turf course. They bring it up because hmm. it's that well-regarded. So I think for me, the turf racing, uh, Woodbine, and just certainly just how just the quality of racing uh, at uh, at Mohawk standout. So on the thoroughbred side, was there a a standout jockey performance or trainer performance this year? You know what? There was a race for me that kind of stood out, um, and that was when Rougier won the mm-hmm. the EP Taylor. Uh, I watched it again just before I got on the show, just to remind myself how impressive it was. He kind of got steadied and was 
you know, brought back to second last and then found a way to rally and win the race. And that speaks to the length of the E.B. Taylor stretch. It spoke to the talents of the rider and just the, the courage of the horse to keep going. And uh, it was just, you know, I watched it again, and it was just a phenomenal performance all around. I, I keep looking back. Larry and I talked about it all year. We thought there might be a time where Bulldog Hanover might stumble and might hit a bit of a skid. It never happened. No, you're looking at a generational talent, um, which, I mean, <laughs> it's one of those things where you look and it's, you almost expect it. I want to expect greatness, and you're never disappointed. He's akin to any athlete, like a, you know Tiger Woods in his prime, Wayne mm-hmm. Gretzky. Mm-hmm. You know, just a, just a horse that is so unbelievable that, you know, you're still excited. Even when he goes and does something that you know is going to happen, you still have that feeling of, wow, I can't believe I saw this. And, you know, I thought it was really neat that the fans had a chance to, to say goodbye to him, at least on the racetrack, when they, you know, you get your picture taken with this horse. And you could see just the joy of people knowing that this is a, a special, special horse. Now, back on the thoroughbred side, next year is the 20th anniversary, the last time that the Triple Crown was won, and that was by, you know, the good, the great Wando. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, there's going to be lots of conversations as we get closer to, you know, the King's Plate and, and the Prince of Wales and the Breeders' Stakes next year. You watch some of the uh, two-year-old races this year. Is there some mm-hmm. horses mm-hmm. that uh, possibly people should be keeping an eye on the you know potential kings played horses potential triple crown winners yeah i'm glad you asked me that and i was going over that there's nothing that's really been established yet where i could say that you know a certain someone is gonna you know stand out above the rest i mean i think it's really you know the racing might be over at woodbine but it's a lot of trainers at woodbine heading south with their horses who are going to get them ready and, and gear them up to go on that road to the King's plate. So, you know, every year, I think that's the exciting part though, isn't it? That, mm-hmm. you know, that conversation always pops up. It's going to be the 20th anniversary of, of Wanda winning it. Mike Keogh, his trainer retired, um, this year. Um, so I just think, you know, this is something that we're going to be tracking. Uh, we're going to be having a lot of conversations with the, the trainers over the winter um, about their two-year-olds. And I think the real excitement is that everybody wants to be <laughs> the one to say, I won the King's Plate. Yeah. You know, yes, I was, the, absolutely. I was the first one to do it after 70-plus years that I was the first. I know Rafael Hernandez said that, and he had a big smile on his face. He said, I have two, but I'd love to get that King's Plate. Well, Chris, you brought up a good point about a people wanting to have their name as the first one to win the King's Plate since it's been renamed. But b that it speaks to the competition how difficult it is to win the Canadian Triple Crown. Yeah, you're looking at you know three different surfaces, three different distances, mm-hmm. and it's tough to even get a horse there. Uh, you know, in general, even if it wasn't for the you know uh, for a Triple Crown, just getting them on that path you know, is, is, is tough in itself. So, I mean, that's why there's so, so few winners and that's why it's been mm. 20 years. And I think that's probably what makes it special is that it does take that effort, luck, little racing luck, all of that to get to that point. So now that Woodbine is stopped and, uh, Woodbine Mohawk Park has got a few days of racing. 
what do you do in the off season? You still give coverage and, and promote and, and that some of the uh, performers, and that correct? Absolutely. That's the one thing we will not do and not ever do is turn off the light until the season thoroughbred season starts, or for the standard red horse people, um, everybody that's involved that go out there on bitterly cold nights mm-hmm. uh, and have to face that wind, snow, or whatever else comes their way. Uh, we will be covering them. It'll be different kind of features. We'll be doing a winter report, so to speak, for the thoroughbred side, so people will know what's going on with the trainers and the jockeys, where they are, and you know what we talked about before: the horses that could be on a, a you know, on the path to the King's Plate. And then with the standard bred people, we'll be certainly doing different things, maybe how to handicap winter racing. Um, but we want to make sure and we want to ensure that the stories of our horses and horse people are, you know, it's consistent throughout the year. And Chris, that's a story in itself, the, the standard bred crowd in the dead of winter, uh, the drivers, the, the, the trainers, the, the grooms, the fans is sitting in that, like you said, that kind of weather to, to enjoy the sport they love. That's why, you know, I have so much respect, and I know everyone at Woodbine does. Uh, you know, I've talked to the drivers before, and it's funny. I asked them, what's what's the toughest part of winter racing? What element is the toughest? And I thought it would be, you know, snow or freezing rain, and they talked about wind, mm. how that affects them, how bitterly cold their hands get, and just what kind of goes into it, their preparation, you know, physically and mentally going out there. And you've got these grooms that love their horses, and then you've got, you know, the trainers that are there and the people behind the scenes at Mohawk that put those races on the track maintenance crew. I mean, there's so much that goes into it. So it's nice to see that they're out there, but you have to remind yourself that, you know, it, it's not easy. Not at all. Yeah. Chris, what is easy is reading your work and uh, talking to you. you. You make the sport better. And we deeply appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. All the best over the holidays. Yeah, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Thanks for everything, guys. Absolutely. Um, Chris brought up some very good points there. And, and, and he, you know, it's neat to see the changing narrative about hanging out at Woodbine, having a good time, uh, changing the demographic. It's, mm-hmm. it, I mean, we talked about this billion-dollar handle. They're kind of setting themselves up, Larry, the way they're doing things for more years like this. Oh, I think they are, and it's 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 taken a lot of work. Oh, yeah. You know, it's uh, they've been diligent at it, and uh, you know, done the right things, I think, and and realized that the, there was a new demographic that they had to go after. So they introduced the Stella Artois Terrace, and which you're a fan of. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I haven't talked to anybody that isn't. You know? <laughs> no, no, it's no. a great place, but no, that uh. that you, you needed to do something, and it's you know, like Chris said, is. Uh, his son went there, yeah, you know, with his buddies, with his buddies, and and that's the generation that you need to get in. And and I'll tell you, what, once they get the integration of uh, sports betting and horse racing, I think that's going to increase yep. the handles as well. Like I'm a believer that uh, if you if you bring them in one way and you teach them how to you know make a bet and and work with them and that that's how you cultivate and and start your new uh, new audience for future. It wasn't that long ago, Larry. The New York Post had a cover called Betsky. And mm-hmm. now Wayne Gretzky and Connor McDavid are doing ads for MGM Grant. 
Mm-hmm. You know, like it's it's you have Jamie Foxx and all these big celebrities promoting these different betting apps, like it's no big deal, like it's a common everyday thing now. So I so I'm thinking that that sort of ooh, you're making a bet, like mm-hmm. no one thinks like that anymore. No, it used to be uh, poo pooed, but it's not it's not anymore. No, and uh, you know those days are gone. And uh, you know you, you go to Vegas and see what's going on down there, and and uh, there's a lot of money being spent, and uh, you know and. You see a lot of money being spent by, you know, as you say, these sports betting companies. And if we can align horse racing with these mm-hmm. sports betting, which is the plan, like to me, that's the greatest way of uh, introducing a new person to horse racing. And our listeners, a chance to win some money because after the break, Larry Simpson looks at some racing action today around North America, including Woodby Mohawk Park. So, of course, some racing at a number of other North American tracks. So make sure that your HBI accounts, a dark horse app, are ready to work overtime today for Larry's much-anticipated Ponies Picks Today, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. We will be right back. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Discover a new breed of excitement with Live Horse Racing. Ontario Racing represents 15 racetracks where you can experience the excitement of thoroughbred, standardbred, and quarter horse racing. To find the racetrack nearest you, go to ontarioracing.com. New to betting? Check out our Betting 101 page and learn about the HPI Bet Wagering Platform and the Dark Horse app. The best and safest online betting options. Get your horsepower at OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing. Three breeds, one vision. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA promotes the exchange of ideas to further advance, market and preserve live racing in Ontario while offering new thoroughbred ownership opportunities. Membership to the HBPA is free for owners and trainers. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Okay, before we wrap up our show, of course, what would Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, be without a couple of possible betting opportunities and potential betting gems as Larry gives us his Ponies Picks Today, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. Oh, Larry, please take it away. I will, and let's hopefully uh, we get more than coal in our stockings after these. You Why are you looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> let's start at Oakland Park. They have a 10 race card today, and let's get a Christmas theme to it. Race 7 is the $150,000 poinsettia stakes. Oh, I like that. Yep, compact field of eight fillies and mares, and I believe that the race goes through number 2 Caribbean Caper, whose last start on November 24th was a close fourth in the Thanksgiving stakes at Fairgrounds which was actually against males. So that makes the fourth place finish of Caribbean uh, 
Caper, even more impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a grade three winner, has won five of seven lifetime starts, so she likes to win races. And today's point set is at the five and a half furlong distance on the dirt, which is a new distance for her. But up to now, she's answered pretty much every bell. You know, she's answered the challenge. Um, she should be able to sit off the speed, signed up today, and she shows a good 48 flat uh, breezing workout since her last start. And I think Caribbean Caper looks to be well meant today. So, Oakland Park, race seven, number two, Caribbean Caper. I like it. Next. Gulfstream Park, they have an 11 race card today, and race 11 is one mile on the turf. It's a maiden claimer for $40,000, uh, purse of uh, $50,000. Um, Number three, Clever Enough, makes his third lifetime start and showed a big improvement from his first lifetime start to his second on November 25th, where he finished a closing uh, second. Uh, Clever Enough's uh, two races to date were on the synthetic surface. Today, he's going to be on the turf, uh, but he should be able to transfer his good uh, form over to the uh, turf. And uh, the 11th at Gulfstream is a real potpourri of horses, you could say. Some dropping from maiden special weight, One's actually dropping from Maiden Special in a, ra- in a race that uh, he was eased and didn't even finish. Hmm. And then you have another horse that's gone 22 starts without a win, so uh, hasn't broke his Maiden yet. So Clever Enough's connections are entering this guy where he belongs, I think. I'm going to take the shot with him. So Gulfstream Park, race 11, number three, Clever Enough. And we know the weather's nice. Next? Well, we do, yeah. So uh, less chance it's going to be off the turf, you know, so... <laughs> Uh, Woodbine Mohawk Park has a 10 race card tonight, including the second leg of the valedictory stakes. Uh, race three, though, is a one mile pace for fillies and mares. It's the preferred two purse of $30,000, and there's a compact field of seven entered. Need to Breathe has been in tremendous uh, shape. She's number one since shipping in from Hoosier Park in October with a win, two seconds, and two thirds. And since moving into the preferred class where she is entered tonight, Need to Breathe was a close second. Two starts back, beaten a half a length. And then last week, again, she was beaten a half a length when she couldn't get off the rail and she finished third. Uh, In that last race uh, last week, Need to Breathe left well off the gate, was on top, took cover, took a two-hole trip. But that kind of worked against her because the eventual winner, the barn dog's watching. I like that a lot. This horse went wire to wire and actually uh, didn't let uh, Need to Breathe horse didn't uh, uh, get off the rail until it was too late. So it was uh, pretty good driving by the, the barn dog's driver to keep, uh, you know, this horse locked in on the rail. Driver Travis Cullen should be able to get uh, rail control tonight. I think get some better racing luck, get the job done. So Woodbine Mohawk Park, race three, number one, need to breathe. And you have a finale? Final one is the Meadowlands. They have a 14 race card and and race 13 is one mile pace for purse of $10,500. The number two, Southport Beach, was a beaten favorite last week despite the fact that he made two moves in the race and he ended up finishing second to actually our pony's pick, Truffle Dog. Truffle Dog was the winner. Uh, Southport Beach is back on a regular rotation now Gets a little bit of a post-position relief. And uh, like Truffle Dog uh, last week, uh, driver Joe Bongiorno is back in the bike. So it's a second time driving angle again, like we had with Truffle Dog last (laughs) week. So uh, uh, Southport Beach was second 
you know, best last week, but I believe he's going to be the best tonight. So the Meadowlands, race 13, number two, Southport Beach. And before we wrap up, Larry, all the best to you and the family over the holidays yeah, and all the too. best in 2023. Again, thank you to our buddy Mark of the fans of horse racing. Goodbye. And thank you for joining us for this edition of Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. A reminder, if you'd like to receive a free digital copy of the current issue of Ponies 24-7 magazine, a new one was just released. Email Larry Simpson at... The Ponies 24-7 experience at gmail.com. Don't forget about the Ponies 24-7 Lymphoma Canada campaign. Don't horse around with lymphoma. For more info on this, go to the landing page, lymphoma.ca slash ponies. Donate to the cause. Remember to mark the dates for the second online auction of sports and horse racing memorabilia. Guest experiences to support the good work of Lymphoma Canada. Stick around 105.9 The Region all weekend long. The legend and rumors up next with the Feed York Region's only magazine show. I'll be back here Monday. Enjoy the races. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine with Jim Lang and Larry Simpson has been brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Tune in next Saturday morning at 8 for more on the world of horse racing. This is 105.9 The Region.